Before the episode starts, I just wanted to apologize in advance because the audio on this episode kind of jumps all over the place because we had some last minute technical difficulties. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Shockingly Wicked, a true crime podcast where we bring you true crime cases from the headlines to the hometowns. I'm Brianna. I don't know who I am. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> it's a very existential question, isn't who it? Who are any of us, really? Yeah. Anyway, we have a special guest with us today. <laughs> <laughs> Your midlife crisis. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> so, I am in Atlanta visiting my sister. We're visiting Amanda, or as I like to call Borto. <laughs> Borto. Also, Sailor Jupiter is the most important of the sailors. But she's here. <laughs> she's here. Uh, yeah, I'm a voice actor, so that's... I'm not just, like, some person who's like, I am anime characters. <laughs> also, my husband's here. He is probably thinking that we are crazy because he's we've tried... to file divorce papers. Right <laughs> he's, like, trying to fill them out on his phone. Yeah, he's <laughs> Yeah, it, we're we've tried to re-record this intro multiple times, and I just hit the mic, so it's fine. Yeah, um, good it, job. It's just one of those days. She's and... embarrassing herself in front of the voice actor with bad mic technique. Yeah, for shame. Yeah, tell us about George. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we have you know us, and then Chris, and then also we have another guest who is here. His name is Big George, and he's the ghost that lives in my house. How do you know he's big? I mean, that was his name. I didn't make it up. Oh, okay. I'm not making a moral judgment on the man I've never met. (laughs) So basically, like, I got the house back in November, and then I was at, like, a 4th of July party recently, and my neighbors got a little uh, tips here, a little little sauced, I guess. I don't know what the the slang the kids are using these days on the TikToks. But they <laughs> uh, they were like, oh, I they've been li- they've been living here for like thirty years, right? So they know everything that's been going on. They were telling me stories, and they were all heartwarming and like, well, not really heartwarming. One of them was about how the kid got dragged behind the ice cream truck because he was trying to chase it. That's a mood. <laughs> he was fine. He was just stupid. <laughs> like the kids used to run down the street and jump on the back of the ice cream truck, and I guess one of them got dragged, and then they tried to sue the ice cream truck, and the policeman was like, no, your kid's stupid, and he shouldn't have been jumping on the back of an ice cream truck. Good day, ma'am. <laughs> So I guess they were really heartwarming stories, but they were funny stories for when you're drunk. Anyway, one of them turns to me and she's like, oh, I love the renovations they did on your house. It's so much nicer than when Big George killed itself in there. <laughs> just, you know, casual. Yeah just, yeah, just like throwing it out there as if it's like, oh yeah, you used to have one story instead of two or whatever. It's like, no, that that's that's a big, yeah. Because it's not Big George. That's a, that's a big... <laughs> <laughs> that's well because the thing is like you know it was built in the 1940s so i understand that people have lived and died here but there's something about like murder suicides or just suicides like there's something about those kind of wait why did he kill so uh apparently his wife or girlfriend left him and uh period I, queen yeah and i don't know how he did it so that's the thing part of me like really wants to know but then part of me is like i'll never be able to unsee it if i know where and how he did it yeah so whenever something happens in my house i'll be like george <laughs> i think one time i said something about like i want to exercise this ghost but i spelled it like exercise like you know like jazzercise kind of thing and i was like well i mean he was big george maybe he wants to be like chunky george like he wants to <laughs> he wants to be husky george yeah, husky, like, like, yeah you know he's like uh, i don't need to be a skinny bitch, but you know. I want to be thick. I want to be a thick, thick George. <laughs> I like that. My ghost is thick George. 
Are you good with that, George? Knock once for yes, knock twice for no. Oh, I would die. I would, my heart would explode out of my nose. Out <laughs> of your nose like, specifically? Well, not, you could, not, like, that, that's how much it would, it would like explode and sh- projectile shoot that far okay. out of my head. Well, I was thinking like mouth and nose. Like, you know how sometimes you throw up and you're trying to hold it in, but it like goes up your nose. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. It's almost like we forgot... About murder. We're here for a reason. Okay. Anyway, today you saw in our title, we're talking about what is called the Hee Haw Gang. Amanda actually brought this case to my attention, which is the reason why she's on this. It's not just because she's my sister. Nepotism. Amanda, how did you find out about the case? So my friend, Sharami, who's also a fellow voice actress, was telling me about it. And she was telling me about this case that happened to somebody so she's from texas and so she knew the family this happened to i guess she went to school with the two daughters and she was telling me this crazy story i'm like this sounds too unbelievable she's like no i know it sounds fake like if you made a movie about it people would be like this is too this is beyond belief but it actually happened so she started directing me down the path of like the dateline episode and there's this like an article about it and there's all this information out there about it and I still don't understand how this <laughs> happened. I don't know if you want to go into the background. I don't know how you like to divulge the information. Yeah, it's, it's storytelling. Okay. Storytelling. We start with the background. We, we set the stage with the players. and It was Georgia. No, wait. Nope. Screw that. Nope. It was Texas. I don't, know, I don't really know how to do a Texas accent. All my southern accents blend together. Everything's bigger in Texas, including their murder plots. <laughs> That's that's accurate. So size really does matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go ahead and start with our background. So we have Frank and Nancy Howard. They were a very lovely couple. Very lovely. Uh, God fearing. Yeah, like their son even said that if the doors to their church were open, they were in it. Yeah, they were on the choir. They hosted youth group Bible studies and things like that. Apparently, Frank was a preacher's son, and he and Nancy met at church. I found it hilarious that because Frank had been married before, but it was like a very brief marriage in his college years and it ended in divorce. Nancy had apparently attended that ceremony. Like they all do. <laughs> so it's like, you didn't think that was a red flag right there? I mean, that, but the, I've heard of cases like that. Like Margaret Mitchell, the writer of Gone with the Wind, had that happen where like her first husband was horrible. He was abusive. And then she. Frankly, en- Scarlett, I don't give a damn. <laughs> That was a direct quote from her first husband. Uh, and then the second husband ended up being, I think, one of the groomsmen at her first wedding. So it was like a rom-com where, it, like, where it's like he was always, the right guy was always there. Interesting. But also, I feel like Frank being a pastor's kid should have been the red flag. Oh, true. Because they are repressed beyond belief. Like, there is some sort of weird stuff going on with every pastor's kid I've ever seen known. the show, Preacher's Daughters? No, where, where is that? On Lifetime. Oh. That sounds that sounds brilliant. Is it like a reality show or is it like yeah. a, like a lifetime movie? It's a reality show. Oh my god, I have never heard of it. In Farmer, what? Where you're from? Whores. <laughs> we don't. No, judge. I'm not from Farmer. She just got shot there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Frank, what? what? We can't just we can't, we gotta explain to them at some point how she got shot. You can't. We can't just glossing this over. No, we're gonna keep glossing it. It's the it's the biggest mystery so of the podcast. Tr- you'll, you'll reveal it in the season finale. Okay. <laughs> it's the biggest mystery of the podcast. <laughs> so Frank was an accountant and he ran a small firm with a business partner. He was allegedly described as kind, gentle, loving, and very involved with his children. He had a weird head of hair. Yes. He had like, he had like a lot of hair, but it was like parted down the middle and then also swept back. Yeah, it, it looks like an evil villain's hairstyle in like a cartoon. Yeah, it's like it's like he tried to do a Wolverine. 
<laughs> maybe like a really bad cosplay. Have you seen a picture Tasmanian of Tasmanian Devil? <laughs> sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> yeah, not quite Wolverine, just Tasmanian Devil dad hair. But uh, Nancy Howard, she was a stay-at-home mom. She called herself a domestic engineer. Which I, I love that. That sounds like a stay-at-home mom if I knew one. <laughs> I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm a domestic engineer. <laughs> what is? It's like uh, what is that? Somebody was saying like they're like I'm not. I don't work at Subway. I'm a sandwich, sandwich artist. A sandwich artist. That's literally the, like, when they put up the job listing, they call it a sandwich artist because they want to make it sound fancy. But it's like, you're working at Subway. Like, yeah. Well, and, and there's no shame in that. But just, like, I just feel like that would be misleading because, like, I want to create actual art. No, there is shame. You should go to Jimmy John's instead. <laughs> to be fair, I agree. Jimmy John's is delicious. Subway sucks. Okay. Uh, she served on the PTA. She volunteered for school field trips. She was a member of a book club and she loved scrapbooking. She was described as giving, open, had a soft spot for someone with a sob story, and she had a really good heart. She apparently also struggled with depression and chronic pain from fibromyalgia. I overpronounced that because otherwise I was going to say it completely wrong. and i read in one of the articles that apparently quote girls green and glory were allegedly the three things that frank told nancy were his downfall so green like money yeah i thought that said grits at first (laughs) that is a mood i love grits same (laughs) so does chris shrimp and grits were her downfall she did all these murders and then they'd like Put a trap filled with shrimp and grits, and Amanda just came like slinking out of the woods. And they, and they, they pulled they, a stick they pulled in the box. <laughs> they trapped me. That's how they got me. So the Howard family unit, it was Frank and Nancy. They got married in 1983, and then they had three children. Their daughter, Ashley, who was born two years after their marriage. Apparently, she spent like 10 days in the NICU, which allegedly brought the couple closer together. Okay, so what? <laughs> you want a cookie (laughs) and then they had a son named jay and then a daughter named brianna (gasps) you're famous no it's spelled wrong it's spelled wrong it's got two n's technically brianna's name is spelled wrong you shut your whore mouth (laughs) (laughs) the one end that brianna has is supposed to be anna and then the two ends is supposed to be I'm aware. Anyway, Ashley said that the Howard family basically did everything together. They described themselves as being like the Cleaver family from Leave it to Beaver, which should tell you that it's all fake. Yeah, that's also a red flag. (laughs) I've never seen Leave it to Beaver. I saw the remake and it was pretty fun, but I'm sure that's not... The remake was definitely more tongue-in-cheek and like not what the original show was back to our regular scheduled program (laughs) so frank and nancy became empty nesters in i believe it was 2013 nancy was often left home alone because frank he was an accountant but he had just recently gotten a job i believe with a rich client who was a uh, defense contractor and like when we first read it like later there was an article that elaborated on what the defense contract was because at first i'm like oh man he must have been like doing tony stark type shit like selling rockets and i don't know whatever no this dude was selling ice to soldiers in iraq i don't know if he's selling ice to the soldiers but like he like the the business yeah the multi-million dollar thing that frank was working for i was so confused i don't know why i thought this was in like 1942 this is in 2012 yeah this this was recent yeah when Nancy was left home alone, she was usually spending a lot of her time at their church, which is First Baptist Church of Carrollton. Like I said, Frank would travel a lot. He began that job in 2009, and apparently he hadn't consulted Nancy about taking up the job, which was weird because they consulted about everything. God damn it, Frank. Yeah. Fuck you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> he eventually became employed 
at Richard Rayleigh's company as the chief financial officer, and he traveled to places like Florida, California, Europe, and Kuwait, allegedly on business. Ma'am, how are you going to tra- travel to Europe and Kuwait, but only two states? Florida, <laughs> California. Well, that's it. Well, we'll we'll get to why he went to California more it's often. It's like the two worst states. All right, the crime. Da, da, da. Saturday, August eighteenth, twenty twelve. Nancy basically spent her entire day at church. Shocker. Yeah, she was at the church in the morning, and then she went back in the evening because there was a baptism for a family friend around 6 p.m. So she left the church around 7.30 p.m. and grabbed dinner on her way home at a place called Taco Bueno. I've never had it, but I'm what? sure it's, it's I'm sure it's very similar to Taco Bell, but I love Taco and Bell. And I don't so. know why, but one of the articles was like, she got a steak fajita. I'm like, this is very important <laughs> yes. to the crime. Yes, yes. <laughs> Everything would have been different if she had just gotten the pollo asado bowl. <laughs> she had just got the quesadilla. <laughs> Always go with the quesadilla. Yeah. So around 8 p.m., Nancy returned home, went into the garage, and as she was about to get into the house, a man wrapped his arm around her neck and demanded her purse. How fucking rude. Say please. <laughs> at your least. Fucking purse, please. Yeah, at least. Nancy says she didn't believe what was happening until she, like, wrestled away what from him. What do you mean as you don't believe Well, because she was just... She's she thought, shock. Yeah, know? maybe she thought somebody was playing a prank on her or something. I don't know. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Ah, uh, this is a funny prank. Yeah. <laughs> so she wrestled herself away and faced him, and that's when she saw that he had a gun oh god so he demanded her purse again and she said that she accidentally gave him her taco bueno bag which i totally 100 (laughs) percent believe that because like i have like you know how often like you know i don't know a waitress will be like have a, enjoy your meal and you'll be like you too yeah. like you know like your brain just doesn't work when you're you know they actually could be going to join the meal exactly like it, it, I, I yeah i i feel for her because mm-hmm. like i also feel like as i was dealing with this i'd be like oh now this man who's trying to kill me is gonna think i'm stupid <laughs> you'd have anxiety i'd have anxiety and like so as i like go down i'd be like oh he's gonna leave thinking like what a dumb bitch <laughs> <laughs> so Again, he demanded the purse another time, and <laughs> I mean, I would. I think it'd be funny if he like took it anyway because he's like he hadn't had food. And was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So she finally Thanks. gave the purse, and that's when he shot her in the head. It was a thirty-eight caliber bullet that entered in through her left temple, and then he ran away because mm. that's what you do after you shoot somebody. You don't linger because that would be stupid. She didn't have her cell phone on her because it was in her purse that he just stole. And so she tried to use her car's emergency response system, I guess like an OnStar type thing, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't work. So she managed to drag herself into the house and call 911. And she managed to describe a suspect to the dispatcher, which was a very basic description, a white male in his 20s wearing a black hat. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. Carol to 911, what's the address of the emergency? I've been shot, What's the address, ma'am? 25. We want it away. Tell me exactly what happened. I'm going to get tired of my garage. I'm going to get out of my car. And I'll be able to pass this shopping. Please help me. Yes, ma'am, I've already got help started your way. Don't hang up, and I'm going to get some questions answered from you, okay? How many people was it? It just wasn't all aware. Did you see him? Uh, yes. Yeah. Was he white, black, Hispanic? Yeah. He was white at least. Dark hair. How, how old? I don't know, maybe mid to late 20s, 30s. And what coat shirt was he wearing? Uh, I don't know. He was wearing a black cap. I made it to the front. I'm going to lock my front door. Okay. I'm sitting in the chair by the front door. Oh, my God. 
Help me, please. Yes, ma'am. They're already on the way. What's your name? Deborah Howard. Okay. So two of the officers that they interviewed in the Dateline episode, Michael Wall and Brian Turner, described this crime scene as really bloody. So, like I said, Nancy's purse was taken, but the rest of the house wasn't touched, even though there was, like, a ton of stuff there because... Well, technically, he did touch her steak fajita. (laughs) That's the biggest crime of all here. I agree. Does she even get to eat it? I mean, I don't think she was really concerned <laughs> I think, yeah, about I think her it. Priority she got shot changed. in the head. <laughs> <laughs> they and they said that they found her purse and like they didn't even take the money out of it. Like they and they, the only thing missing was her driver's license. And even then, I think they found that somewhere was, close by. It was close by. They had taken it out and they thought that they, may- take, they took it out to uh, be able to sneak into a club. <laughs> yeah, they were like, yeah, maybe I can look like this like yeah. middle aged. Sweet, sweet lady who does scrapbooking, even though I look like a meth head from East Texas. They speculated that the reason they took it out was because they wanted to confirm that it was the right person. That would be very awkward that they, you know, if it wasn't, because yeah. they waited till afterwards to do it. Yeah, to confirm. But I guess that would also be very awkward to be like, ma'am, can I just see your ID real quick? Okay, <laughs> great. Can you tell me your name? <laughs> so Frank got a call that something awful had happened to Nancy while he was in South Lake Tahoe in a casino. I thought it was supposed to be God-fearing. Mm-hmm. Not God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then past us, kids. Yeah. So he claims he was beside himself and crying at the news, but basically he rushed home. He arrived the morning after Nancy was shot, and he was described as being in terrible shape by his daughters while he was at the hospital. Like that he was... sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unrelated issue. <laughs> well, they they were saying how he was like falling on the ground, just be- it tearing his clothes. <laughs> oh. It seemed very melodramatic, like not realistic. Not based, dramatic. Based off that description. Yeah. Doctors said that the bullet had traveled into her skull, through her sinus cavity, down her throat, and into her lung, which then collapsed. So Okay, me too. <laughs> yeah, when I was re- researching this, I was like, oh, I wonder how Brittany's going to feel about this. But then you were joking about it at dinner. I was like, oh, shit, she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully, Nancy didn't suffer any brain damage. How? But she did lose her left eye. Oh, she can, shit. Yeah. And she had uh, she had these beautiful, like, almost violet eyes. Like, Not they were no more. Very, well, she has, she has, she she has the one. other one. And, like, they, they were able to make, like, a nice prosthetic that yeah. looks like it. But, you know, she, you know, to this day, she's she still feels self-conscious about it because it doesn't move. You know, yeah. like, it kind of just... And she can't... Um, the, uh, there's no muscle in her eyelids, so she, so can't, she can't even, close like, that close eye. it and blink. Uh, fun fact, my late great-grandfather-in-law uh, had the glass eye. Okay, mm. continue. <laughs> The I would more totally you know. mess with that. Like I would pop that. Yeah. Like I would. I'd be like. Didn't he do that? Did he pop it out? Mm-hmm. I would. To- <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. Like, what else are you gonna do with it? Like, I would totally. Like, if kids left toys around, I'd be like, pick up your toys, pick up your toys. And eventually, at one point, I'd like trip over the toy and pretend to make my eyeball pop out. And, like, you know, just like I would use that. <laughs> Yeah, I would totally milk that. Yeah. So Nancy basically considered her survival a miracle because obviously she's a God-fearing woman. She's constantly at church. So she was like, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, Nancy recovered and she was able to give a more detailed description once she woke up. She mentioned like a strong jaw, some black glasses. And one of her quotes was that he looked intent on doing what he came to do. I would say he certainly had no pity. So. Well, usually most men who shoot women in the head that they don't know tend to not have pity it's true they're not necessarily the most like upstanding pillars of their community it's very <laughs> true 
So, for the investigation, there were some break-ins in the area, so initially police were like, maybe these are related. And the family even came up with theories to what might have happened. They also thought maybe the break-ins, but then they thought, well, maybe Nancy just happened to help the wrong person, and they identified her as a target, and they came back and shot her. God damn it, it was steak fajita. I wanted a chicken quesadilla. (laughs) Well, because it's like... I would buy into that if they had gone into the house and taken anything else. Right, like if they had taken advantage of breaking in, you know, but they just hurt her. They didn't steal anything. Yeah. So police talked to Frank because in most investigations, they have to clear all the immediate family and make sure that nobody around them was involved somehow. So he turned over his cell phone and then he offered to put up a reward to help get more leads because, you know, money makes people talk. Keep this in mind. When doing an analysis on his phone, investigators discovered he was having an affair. I'm not shocked. I like how Frank was like, oh, yeah, I have nothing to hide. Look on my phone and didn't think to, like, delete the text messages. But then I guess it was also a, well, I don't know if you want to spoil how long it was, but it's like, it was a lot of. It was was was, a lot of time. It was three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that in like two seconds. So okay. it's fine. So, okay, I didn't so, spoil too far ahead. It was a three-year-long affair. There were lots of text messages to someone labeled S. Tahoe Cell. I just... Why have an affair? Why don't you just get a divorce? Because divorce is sinful, even though he already had done it. Yes. Divorce would be sinful, but as we learn, well, I don't want to spoil things too much, but murder's fine. Even though that's in the Ten Commandments and not divorce. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Jesus is chill with murder. He just, but divorce is icky. Yes. So there were a bunch of texts to someone labeled S. Tahoe Cell and lots of photos with a woman who wasn't Nancy. Her name was Suzanne Leontif, a woman. I found her nudies. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't mention that. But there are a lot of pictures of them two together because they would travel a lot to different places. But she was a woman in her early 50s who had kids of her own. They met at a gambling table at Harvey's Casino in Lake Tahoe. That sounds like they both have problems. Oh, yeah. So at the time, she was separated from her husband and working on a divorce. Frank had told her he was married, but it wasn't going well. Her quote was that he said he just hadn't been happy, but not miserable either. But I'm like, that's a very... So he's basically living life like the rest of us. Yeah. Like he's eating... Like just grits with no butter. Grits with no butter (laughs) or salt. Grits with no butter. Like it's fine, but like no butter or salt? Come on. No, that's not acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Why even eat grits at that point? He sounds like he's depressed. That sounds like depression to me. Don't give him any sympathy. I don't. Good. We all have depression. (laughs) Get over it, it, Frank. Yeah. So when Suzanne's divorce went through, he... Because she would have lost her health insurance because it was through her husband, Frank added her to the payroll of Rayleigh's company so that she wouldn't lose health insurance. Fuck her. And he kept a framed photo of the two of them in his office. So I'm like, how did nobody see this? And he, didn't he label, like, I don't I don't fully understand how accounting works, but basically when he was doing this defense contract thing, he made, like, three of the, I don't know if they were files or whatever, but, like, the big transfers, he labeled them under her name. Oh, yeah. And even named one, like, Suzanne Leontief Howard, mm-hmm. as if they were married. Yeah, it was, like, does, holding companies. Does anybody know if she looks like Nancy? Did they look similar? No. No, they she don't. Was like, like, she was, like, blonde and... I have no answer. The thing is, I don't necessarily blame her in all this because I think he said, you know, we all want to believe what we believe. And he said, oh, you know, I'm not happy. I blame everybody. That's a safe stance. I kind of blame her because she knew that he was married. So it's like, you could have waited to get involved with him. She was 
least she was separated. He's married. And she knows he's married. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I'm not like a fan of when people do this, but at the same time, I'm kind of just like, I don't know. Like, I don't think he told her what he was about to do is what I'm saying. Like, I think she just was like, oh, he's in an affair. I don't think she knew that he was about to, Yeah, this whole situation was about to happen. Yeah. So at the time that he got the call about Nancy being shot, he was actually in California seeing her and not on business like he had initially claimed. Yes. So like Amanda said, he'd been having this affair for three years and he claims he didn't tell the police about the affair because he didn't think it was relevant to what happened to Nancy. But it's like... I I I think it's at least a little bit relevant. So they start to question the kids, and the kids recommend that Frank get a lawyer. And, of course, now that the affair has kind of come out, he has to admit to his kids that he was having an affair. And then he had to tell Nancy, but the cops weren't allowing him to go in to see her in person because he was now a suspect. So he had to do it over the phone. And I'm like, that's probably one of the worst ways to have to find that out. Like, this lady loved him, and that's the worst way to have Like, I was broken up with over the phone, that's uh, so and it's like, I mean, this is not even remotely as bad as what happened to her, but it's still just like, it's the worst feeling feeling. Yeah. Cause you can't even see them. You can't see the look in their eyes of this person that you loved as they break your heart. Like it's, she's, I feel for Nancy so much. She seems like the sweetest lady. Like she freaking scrapbooks yeah. and has a book club and we'll get into that later. She's yeah. Martha Stewart. Basically. So Nancy said that her relationship with Frank had started to change around 2009, which is the time that he started taking that job. And they said that uh, Frank had actually ditched her on one New Year's Eve night to hang out with his business associates. And I think it was after that they tried to do marriage counseling, but Frank stopped going after a few months because he was like, oh, there's, there's no point. It's not working or whatever or something like that, which is usually what happens when there's an affair. Yes. There's also, it's another interesting that tends to happen with affairs is the opposite where the person will suddenly be like, have a renewed interest in everything and be like, kind of like heel clicks, like jumping around like, oh, what a beautiful morning. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, my, one of my ex best friends was like that where like we had no idea he was cheating. And then later we're like, we just thought he was having real good, real good, like energy boosts. But like, no, he was uh, putting his ink in other wells or I don't know what, what the analogy would be. That was a weird old-timey thing, like a quill. <laughs> a quill. <laughs> like, <laughs> declaration of independence. <laughs> Are you Russian signing the declaration? You're like, I am not spy. I am Thomas Jefferson. Look away. I am not suspicious. I am not spy for communist Russia. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So like Amanda said, they track Nancy's cell phone, find her purse in a nearby dumpster with everything still inside except her license, but that was just kind of like cast aside so that's when they changed their idea about the motive of this being like a robbery so after double checking the security footage at the church they see that two people were driving a silver vehicle following her into the parking lot and then they left shortly after she like got out and then they come back shortly before she leaves and one of the people i believe it's the driver exits the vehicle at one point to go into the church to use the bathroom and is caught like on security footage which, like... Even assassins gotta pee. Well, yeah, but, like, do it at a gas station, so it's not as obvious. Ew. I know. Gas station bathrooms are disgusting. Unless it's quick trip. Or sheets, because they have to clean them three times a day. Oh, I don't know that. I'm from South. Well, I used to work at sheets. That's the only reason I know that. Yeah, so I used to work at Disney World. Uh, I used to work at a lot of places. 
if you hear the sound there it's because they're moving the mic back and forth in like a comical like <laughs> disney way like <laughs> we're unprepared okay so about a month before nancy was shot on july 13th there was a traffic stop made near the howard home where 19 year old dustin hirams told the police multiple stories so first he initially said he was coming to get money from his uncle then he changed it to his stepfather. Then he claimed that his stepfather was in jail and he was actually looking for someone named John instead. And also they're like, we've been looking for his place for uh, like three or four hours. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> the, the cops were pretty sure that they were high. Then he blurted out that he was hired as a hitman to kill a woman in Carrollton by a man named John. Two days later, the passenger who was in the car, Jason Rendine, had been talking about Dustin being hired to perform this hit for, I think it was like $30,000 from an unknown male. That's like Todd Colehope just offering the information. Yeah, I did Superbike. <laughs> you got me in here for like two unrelated cases, but I damn, I did Superbike. <laughs> I just really want to be appreciated for my work. <laughs> so Jason and his wife, Stephanie... I don't know how to say her last name, so I'm not going to. Were later arrested on drug charges where she said that they had, quote, a business relationship with John. And then the police show Nancy a photo of the two from the traffic stop, but she wasn't able to identify either of them. I know this seems like it's unrelated, but I promise we're going to connect all the dots very, very soon. <laughs> so this is where we're going to talk about the hee-haw gang. Hee-haw! We'll get right to that after a quick word about our sponsors. So on August 24th, police get a call from an inmate named Billy Earl Johnson, who is a career criminal from East Texas. And at the time he was in prison. So he was claiming he had inside knowledge into the shooting. So Why are you looking at me? I, I'm just looking. Because Brittany was in on it too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. I mean, look, a lot of people were in on this thing. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> this is very true. I was only 13. Hey, you, you, I bet you were a real precocious 13-year-old. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. So Billy was the ringleader of a crew of petty criminals. They were either related by blood or marriage or like were just roommates or friends or whatever. And people often refer to them as the hee-haw gang. Police bring Billy in and he wants to cut a deal before he'll give out any information because that's what criminals do he was already in lockout for something else for something unrelated he spent they said he spent like a quarter of his life in and out of jail yeah charles manson (laughs) yeah he was he was just was charles manson uh he was in and out of jail i didn't know that yeah i guess i assumed he was like i'm gonna not do it until i do it and when i do it i'm gonna do a big (laughs) i'm gonna do a big murder (laughs) well he technically didn't murder anybody that's true he's also a guitar player true he did all right i mean he sucked ass it wasn't good good. screw him (laughs) so obviously police bring him in he wants a deal so he said he knew who ordered the hit and how it happened because he had been approached three years prior about doing this job he said that man named john had a disposable drop phone drove a lexus and was a man of means but he had contacted billy about completing this job of murdering his wife basically provided photos basically just was like hey i'm gonna give you x amount of money i don't remember what it was because i didn't write it down i think it was like thirty-five thousand dollars to murder my wife i need you to make it look like an accident billy provided a lot of information to the police that he wouldn't have known unless he was involved somehow 
Billy's wife, Stacy Sorenko, corroborated the information and added that John insisted the murder look like an accident. Billy claims he never actually intended to kill anyone, but planned to play John as long as he could, which he did for two whole years. Yeah, this is the part that I don't understand. Because, like, John doesn't seem like an idiot, but I think he is. He sure acted like one. (laughs) If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it might be a fucking idiot. (laughs) At one point, Billy hired a bodyguard named Charlie Louderman. He initially said that he was a hitman going after a gang member who raped someone's daughter, but later changed the story to the fact that he was going to be murdering some guy's wife. And that's when Charlie was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Charlie's like, nah, I'm out. (laughs) Basically. So eventually Billy's got family members and cousins and all this kind of stuff who started to get involved. So remember we mentioned 19 year old Dustin Hiram's. That is actually Billy's stepson. Who is apparently too stupid. As Billy quoted, (laughs) Billy's quoted as saying, he's so stupid. He can't put antifreeze in his own pickup truck. Yeah. So, then there is Michael Speck, who is Billy's nephew. And then there's Michael Lawrence, who was Michael Speck's cellmate at one point. One of the articles has like a, I guess it's sort of like a family tree kind of explaining everybody's, uh, what? Wait, did you say Billy's cellmate? He was Michael's cellmate. Yeah, he was Michael's cellmate. Yeah, so it's Michael and Michael. Yeah. Which sounds like a delightful little sitcom. It does. It's almost like Two and a Half Men. Yeah, but, but in prison. Yes. I'd watch that. <laughs> and then... One more name that you need to know is Michael's fiance at the time, Misty Ford. Michael Lawrence's fiance, it's not Michael Speck. Misty's. Yeah. All of them. This is Misty with an I, not a Y. So you know she's trouble. <laughs> if you can get Jeremy on the show, she's done so much research into Misty and she loves her. Like, Misty is hilarious. It's always the people with the weird spelling names. Yeah. Like Misty. Candy. Michaela with, an I. with a CH. <laughs> Agreed. And. Misty, it, and this is, I don't know if this is in your notes or not, but basically, Misty. <laughs> oh, no, this, this wasn't in there. Allegedly, Misty was somebody that was known to, like, date felons, and then when she, you pissed her off, she would call you in. And <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like, I'm done with your ass. She looks on the National Registry for warrants. People yeah, that, yeah, warrants. that was her, like, that was her version of Tinder. She's like, ooh, top ten must want it. You know, so then basically, you know, they and they all knew this, but like, I guess. Ah, uh, yes, Copper. Uh, you know that dude that was on America's Most Wanted last night? He's in my fucking kitchen. Yeah, like she, <laughs> she's just like, you know, I'm just fucking sick of him. So like, every time they would piss her off, she would call him and be like, Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> and yet they all knew it, and they're like, But I still love that woman. <laughs> she must have a magical magic punani. Yes. <laughs> That's better than magical snatch, which is what I was going to say. Yeah, punani is was magical in itself, like just the word. Tsunami punani. Tsunami punani. <laughs> Wop. <laughs> she yes. <laughs> she has a bucket and a mop. Oh no! Okay, we need to, we need to go move on. Yeah, we might get sued for like libel or no, it's slander. Which Copyright. one? Copyright. Uh, Unless it's true. Although she's like, yeah, I do need a bucket and a mop. It's a situation. <laughs> okay, so. John started to pay out members of the family, basically anyone claiming who would do this hit. Because, like I said, Billy basically strung him along for two years. He would always come out with, like, outlandish excuses for why... my head hurts. Oh, I can't tonight. (laughs) Or he would, like, end up in jail for some unrelated offense. But basically, John would, like, give them money, 
they would spend it on drugs or just extravagant expenses like trucks and AVs and then and, and or, yeah, ATV or AT, yeah, ATVs and things like that. And it's like, and then they'd be like, oh, uh, I need more money, basically. And he would pay it. <laughs> That's the part I don't get. Like, I know when I'm being taken for a ride. Like, I might do it once and like, be like, you know, and be like, you know, like, but the fact that they're like two years and they're like, oh, yeah, I can't murder tonight because I got a, a real bad cold. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna need ten. I'm gonna need ten thousand more dollars because I got a cold. And he's like, "That sounds reasonable." <laughs> so right. initially, he was giving them money in cash, but then he started to do wire transfers, which is, <sighs> I mean, he fucked up multiple times before this. But this is when he really fucks up because you're leaving a paper trail. <laughs> I believe altogether, John paid out around seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in wire transfers. One million in cash, and then one million dollar in bail bonds for Billy and his family for any time that they happen to get like, arrested. What, like, what does that have to do with the murder? Like, that's the crazy thing to me. It's like I'm not responsible for you guys landing your asses in jail. Kill my wife. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. Like, kill my wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm paying you for. I, like, he gave and he he gave her like. I mean, this is also to me. I cannot understand how somebody could be so cruel that he's like. He was giving them ideas. He's like brainstorming, like oh spitballing yeah. with them. Like, he's, all right, today, guys, this is what I got he's on like, the food board. This is what I'm envisioning. Yeah, my vision board. <laughs> Let's pull up my Pinterest board. Like, so there's times where he would be like, you know what? Uh, do it while she's in her book club or in her scrapbooking club. Drop a toaster while she's in the bath. Yeah, but like, make sure it's like a lavender bubble bath. I just feel like that's a really important touch. Like, I just, like, it, it's just bizarre because he's like able to say about this woman he's been married to what 30 years it was like 25 years like, at while least. she's doing her favorite hobby with her friends he's like one of the times was like oh yeah she's out at brunch she's gonna be out at brunch with her friends do like an assault weapon like you know but like kind of aim it mostly at her but like kind of do some random shots at some other people so it doesn't look too i've got it tuesday nights she gets steak fajitas <laughs> yeah i hate this I, I hate her and i hate steak fajitas <laughs> red meat is bad for your heart that's what you gotta do (laughs) but like the uh, the the fact that he literally one time was like you know what i feel like this time you should try to do it with a baseball bat like (laughs) that's like you must hate this person yeah you don't want it to be quick yeah nancy nancy's punani was not (laughs) hey nancy probably had a sweet this is gonna be so awkward (laughs) nancy had a beautiful Holy Punani. Please stop. And Frank just couldn't appreciate it. Please stop. Because he's from hell. (laughs) Please stop. He was not Punani Sunani. That's why if you look at him, his hair is kind of like devil-like. It's like, it's like, you know what? That's, that's the situation. (laughs) That is the, (laughs) the big George situation. Mike, the situation. Um, (laughs) have fun editing this. Yeah. So it was later revealed that, uh, most of this money was actually embezzled from Richard Rayleigh and we will get into more of that later it's just like just a bunch of incompetence and crime it's just one thing after another each other and not doing anything efficiently yes so Stacy if you remember was Jason Rendine's wife no no Stacy was Billy's girlfriend right you right my bad and Dustin's mother Stacy who was Billy's wife and Dustin's mom had sent a picture 
I feel like these people don't aren't marriage kind of folk. Well, it said in one of the articles that he was married and that Dustin was a stepson. So I don't know for sure, but yeah, it definitely doesn't seem (laughs) like 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 the church going kind of folk of like let's 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 make this let's make let's let me make you an honest woman. You know, I imagine they maybe had like a small wedding outside the courthouse where they were both wearing like jeans (laughs) and t shirt and like had ankle monitors on or like ankle bracelets (laughs) on. So Stacy had sent a picture to her mother of john that she took at one of their meetings i guess when they were exchanging cash saying basically if anything happens to me this was the guy who did it and the police see that picture guess who it is and they go hmm things that make you go hmm. yes basically turns out to be frank howard whose first name is John Franklin Howard. Dun, dun, dun. Like, he couldn't even come up with a name like Excelsior or like some, <laughs> like, some like more better code name. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to use one of my three actual legal names. <laughs> yeah. So, on August 26, eight days after Nancy was shot, police arrested Frank and charged him with solicitation for murder. He was also later charged with attempted capital murder, but I could not find any point where they actually did that. I just know that it happened, because that's what he ended up... But that's what he was trying to do. I don't know why they wouldn't have been able to charge him. They said, him. fuck the details. Maybe, yeah. in, maybe initially it was solicitation for murder until they got more evidence, and they're like, okay, we can uh, also officially add mm-hmm. this on there. So... The trial. This is where we start to get pissed off. So at the bond hearing, basically the kids and then there were a bunch of other witnesses testified to his character claiming he would never have done something like this and basically just praising him, lavishing him with this praise, even though I guess at this point they probably haven't seen all the evidence, but still like... They, even once they saw the evidence, they didn't really change their mind. But they were sitting on the dad's side yeah. during all the court stuff. And, like, there's video of them, like, hugging their mom in court, like, saying hi. But it was so, like, awkward. Yeah. I'm like, this is your mom. Your mom's the one who got shot. And you're sitting on your dad's side? Yeah. So they determined that Michael Speck and his old cellmate, Michael Lawrence, they were determined to have been the ones who were in the silver Nissan that was following Nancy outside of the church. Initially, when Frank was the one who was arrested for this, Nancy refused to believe the worst about him for months. Eventually, she did come around to believe that he had relationships with the types of people who would do this, but she never actually believed that he was the one who called the shots. Frank goes on trial for attempted capital murder in August of 2014. Some of the evidence against them was that like, they had phone records and wire transfers proving Frank's connection with the members of the Hee Haw gang because like we said he left a paper trail when he started doing those wire transfers but that's so stupid like not only are you embezzling money and also trying to get a hit on your wife but you're doing it like very over like I mean not Venmo but like <laughs> essentially yeah like like the Matt Gates thing like Can hey your cash app name <laughs> <laughs> and then you like have and you have to label it like for something so it's like you know for in and out burger or whatever. It's like, for gun, right gun emoji. Gun emoji. For ruining someone's scrapbooking. Yes. <laughs> so there was also a recorded phone call between Billy and John, uh, well, Frank, because Billy was locked up at the time and he was basically calling Frank being like, hey, I need you to give me money so that I can get out. And Frank was like, I gave all of the money to Michael Speck. What happened to that money? 
that like that was the last of what I had. And Billy is kind of like, it seemed like he got mad. He's like, how much did you give Michael? Because I think he got mad that other people were starting to get the money that he wasn't to get on in on his cash cow. Yeah. So Michael Speck had gotten the money from Frank and he reached out to his old cellmate, Michael Lawrence. And I believe his fiance Misty thought that this trip to go see Michael Speck was actually to ask him to be his best man or something in the mm-hmm. wedding. Turns out, no, it's a road trip for murder. So the two of them finally did the deed, but Michael Lawrence was actually the one who shot Nancy. Michael Lawrence, after the fact, confessed to Misty what he had done, but it wasn't until two months after that she broke off the engagement and then she didn't actually talk to the police until January of 2013. She had to weigh the pros and cons. That's not a deal breaker. <laughs> you know, like, she's a woman of a certain age. I just feel like it's harder to find a quality man at that time. You got to think about, like, is this really? He feels bad about it. There's only so many fish in the sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole phrase of, like, yeah, there's, there's, it's like, yeah, there, there's so many fish in the sea that, like, you want to marry. I, yeah. I get that. So, obviously, the prosecution argued that the motive was the affair. Some more information on this affair. He had actually given Susan... They estimated about $1.9 million and an additional $500,000 in cash. They had purchased a home in California and a condo in Lake Tahoe together. And California homes ain't cheap. It was like, I think it was like $900,000. It was they, something like home that. Was he paid for softball tournaments. He helped pay for Susan's oldest daughter's college. Is it Suzanne? Suzanne. Yeah, my bad. He helped pay for Suzanne's oldest daughter's college. He rented and then bought a boat. And they took. I like that he tested it out first. He's like, he's like, I'm crazy. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm reasonable with my right. Like I I hired a hitman to kill my wife, and I'm <laughs> gonna buy this boat. But I'm gonna test it out first. And then they also took plenty of trips together. So he kept talking about this divorce to Susan, Suzanne. He kept. I mean, she's the other woman. I don't care that much about her name. That's true. He kept insinuating that he was going to do it, but then there was always an excuse, like, Mm -hmm. as to why he couldn't do it. Like, there was a wedding or graduation. This is always the case. When you're with a guy who's with somebody else, they're going to say a lot of stuff. I'm not saying this from personal experience or anything, but, like, I just know, like, I have friends who have done it, and they will always come up with excuses they're not going to leave their partner. Like, if they were going to, they wouldn't be cheating. Yeah. They would have already done it. And also, if they're going to cheat to be with you, yeah. odds are they're going to do that to you eventually. Don't be stupid. Real. So he kept talking about it, kept making excuses. And so finally, Suzanne put her foot down. She's like, look, I am sick of this. I'm sick of being alone. You need to file by this Friday or move on. I have waited long enough. Girl, you waited three years too long. <laughs> But hey, she eventually, you know, we all we all made mistakes. She finally put down her, her boundaries at yes. one point. She did actually, like, obviously break off the relationship. Apparently, at the trial, that was the first time she had seen him in two years. Because the trial took place basically two years after this whole shooting happened. So the last time she had seen him was when she had driven him to the airport to fly back home to be with his wife, who he hired people to murder. <laughs> so... The defense tried to argue that the prosecution's witnesses weren't credible because the hee-haw gang, (laughs) they're very... I just want to point out, that is the dumbest name for a gang. (laughs) Like, that has really been bothering me this whole time. (laughs) The hee-haw gang. They're from from East Texas. I was going to say, like, it's not inaccurate. I know, but the Texan gang, Big Hats gang would have been better. (laughs) Hee-haw. 
I feel like it's about appropriate for like how how competent they were. Not even yeehaw gang. It's the fucking yeehaw. It's like the ridiculous six. I wonder. So do we know if they call themselves that or if like the locals called them that? That I that I don't know. I know in the Dateline episode they said that some people refer to them as the Hee Haw Gang. So I don't know if they call themselves that. I hope not, (laughs) because then I'd have some questions. That's like the kid in the back of my bus in high school who'd be like, "Behold my two inches of raw power." (laughs) And I'm just like, "You you said that about yourself, dude." So obviously the Hee Haw Gang, they're not very credible. They're all criminals. So basically the defense is like, are you really going to believe these guys? Like they would lie to say whatever to get deals or to, you know, get reduced sentences. Because I think Billy and at least like two or three other people by that point had been arrested. for other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And then they also tried to argue that Frank was being blackmailed by the Hee Haw Gang. But I, I mean, I guess... It's just like what? What are they? What? What would he have been what blackmailed? What would they have gained for, from it? That, like, I mean, money. You're having an but, affair. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, dude. Three years in. I mean, what? Plus, how would they have known about an affair he was having in California? And if he's having an affair, like eventually he did tell his wife and kids. So yeah. it's like, why would he pay millions of dollars to keep that a secret? Yeah. To me. To- to be honest, they don't really seem like the type that knows how to use technology. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Valid. That's well, I know that they mentioned that Billy and, uh, what's her name? Sandy? Sandra? Whatever. Um, Stacy. Stacy, thank you. <laughs> I don't remember these names. Okay, so Billy and Stacy didn't have bank accounts and so that's why they kind of got other people involved because they were depositing the money into those bank accounts and they're like you can hold like you can keep like 10 20 percent of whatever Wait, i feel like did we talk about the the crazy stuff they like i know we said a little bit about what they spend it on but like oh, no, no, there no. was literally like they talked about how like billy bought like a ton of shit for people like he bought stuff for charlie he bought like a, him a riding mower and they said a ridiculous amount of assault weapons was the quote yes <laughs> buy a moroccan drum set <laughs> Very, very, like, original, mm. pristine, mint yes. condition off eBay. Can't even play it. Yeah. It's in a case. <laughs> yeah. Locked away. Um, but they also, they said Dustin at one point had, like, mon- cash on his, like, not dashboard. Cash money, babe. Oh, yeah. He had it, like, sitting on his, um, on the hood of his on car. On the hood of his car. And at one point, it's kind of like you forget, like, you have a coffee on the top of your car. He forgot that he had $8,000 sitting on the top, and he started driving, and it all blew away. And they were like, did you go back and get it? He's like, nah. It's like that one time Britney Spears, uh, when she went home from Louisiana after she got big, and she just started giving out $100 bills to exactly. the locals. No, yeah. that's, that's exactly what, what that happened. They said, yeah. they, they said that they were giving out, they, they said they were giving out Benjamins. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, and they, on Facebook, Dustin was, like, taking photos of, like, him and all this money (laughs) like they're not it's like the type of people who sell weed through snapchat (laughs) so they claimed that he was being blackmailed but they said that he had stopped paying a few weeks before nancy was shot so they said her being shot was them sending a message like hey this is the consequence for you not paying us anymore that was the whole reason for them for him to be paying them right so that was the defense's argument and like Amanda said earlier, all three kids took the stand in Frank's def- Well, they sat on his side of the courtroom, and then they took the stand in his defense. And I know if you the- were on the fence of having kids before, uh, you should really <laughs> fuck them kids at this point. Maybe not the exact phrasing of it, but because uh, that'll also lend, lend end you up in court. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, Just don't have them. I, I definitely think if you knew when you were like, having this, like, 
you're pregnant and you're like holding your belly in that annoying way pregnant women do where they're like oh i'm sorry like and they're only like it's a boob yeah, baby yeah like three weeks like you know you're holding it and you're like reading all these books about what to expect when you're expecting i bet you didn't expect that like one day you're gonna get shot in the face and your kids are gonna side with the person who shot you yeah yeah it's the daughters especially were outspoken about their support for him i think the son just doesn't really so the the son moved to california and i don't know if it's that he changed his mind about his dad's guilt or if he still supports his dad and it's just like don't involve me or if he's i don't know he's like fuck them both yeah because like the sisters were very outspoken like they're in the dateline episode and they were annoying about it they were because it's like they felt like first of all the older sibling the older ashley or whatever was like kind of smiling the whole time as if like oh my mom lived so it's fine yeah but it was also, she's, I don't know, she seemed condescending almost, too, yeah. about what happened to her mom. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe you think that my dad would do this. It's like... The evidence is overwhelming yeah. that your dad did this. And she's like, well, if you guys had gone to the, 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 the glass and, like, talked to him through the glass on those prison phones like we did to the same guy you would think he was innocent too it's like honey no you have stockholm syndrome you can only be a daddy's girl for so long yeah Plus, like like i understand you've lived with this guy for like however i guess like 20 something years like i get it but like the evidence is there i understand because it's very hard to to reassess your entire paradigm and be like oh Everything I've known about this person is a lie, and they're actually an evil narcissist or sociopath or whatever Frank Howard is. Yeah, and probably racist. <laughs> just, just throwing that in there, like sprinkling that in there, because why not? But yeah, it's probably. just like I understand the cognitive dissonance that is associated with that, but the fact that you can literally just ignore what's right in front of your face, like there are text messages, there are phone calls, there are wire transfers. Yeah, they have recordings, like, because, like, Billy took it upon himself to record yeah. audio. So there's not just the audio from the prison. There's, like, audios, audio just of them talking, and he's like, well, you know, I want it to be done. And, like, I guess technically the defense could say, well, we don't know what what, what he what, wanted to be done. We, yeah, he might have wanted, like, a repair to his fridge done. Yeah. And it's just like... I'm not hiring a meth head to repair my fridge. Context <laughs> clues matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the trial lasted for 10 days. And Britt and I have said in the past that if they come back within the same day, you're fucked. The jury only deliberated for 90 minutes. (laughs) They deliberated for 90 minutes, came back with a unanimous verdict, which isn't always the case. And obviously he was found guilty of attempted capital murder and sentenced to life in prison two days later. Chris is over here nodding like, period. (laughs) (laughs) So he'll have to serve at least 30 years before he can be like considered for parole Good. but he'll be 85 by then Ew. so i really doubt he's actually gonna 85. get it um there are also still pending charges for the solicitation Ew. for murder <laughs> there are also still pending charges for the solicitation for murder as of 2014 i didn't see any like follow-up articles that was the newest information i found on that specific one he did attempt to appeal his case but he was denied the appeal by the fort worth court of appeals in april of 2016 fuck you frank so in a separate trial in 2015, Michael Lawrence, who was, again, was the one who actually shot Nancy, was convicted of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and sentenced to 60 years in prison. That's a lot of time. <laughs> so. So wait, did Frank get more time or Michael Lawrence got more time? Well, Frank got a life sentence. But he's eligible for parole. In 30 years. So 
I think life sentence varies from state to state. Right, because like sometimes it's like 25 years. I'm like, then just say 25 years. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you say life, make it seem like it's more important than it is. Yeah. Because you can't, I guess you that's, could. That's the same. Yeah. It, uh, that's the problem is that it's usually up to the judge's discretion what it what it actually qualifies as no i hate that that's like saying you're an art a sandwich artist (laughs) so i'm trying to make it sound more impressive than it is is it 25 years or is it 25 years yeah so in the aftermath of all that remember we mentioned that frank had embezzled money from his employer overall it's estimated okay so i found competing information right because some some say he embezzled from the church too were those two separate things? I actually saw that he donated embezzled money to the oh, church. Oh, maybe, you know, I yeah. might have misread. Okay. So, basically, there's... I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm 19. I can't fucking read. <laughs> so, he embezzled anywhere between $6 million and $30 million. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, I'm reading the notes, and I thought I said anywhere between $6 and $30 million. <laughs> I'm going to embezzle six whole dollars. Yes. I'm like, we've all embezzled $6. Yes. True. But yeah, it's like he either embezzled somewhere in between there. That's a huge range. But I saw multiple articles that said six million, and I saw others that said thirty million. So three. How does that just disappear? And the employer's not like, I think my accountant might be yeah. kill his wife. I have, you know, I have sixty million. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. I guess when you have that many millions, you're like, oh, nothing. Millions, just, like a dollar. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing that Frank kind of set up these like shell companies because, like you mentioned earlier, he made at least three that were named after Suzanne and then like the Suzanne whatever Howard he had reportedly donated about $200,000 of that money to his church that's it he had anywhere from 6 million to 30 million you know he donated 200,000 that's how you know he's going to hell. That's he is going to hell because <laughs> when you're a Christian you're supposed to donate at least 10%. So he should have donated at least 6 was it 600,000 or 300,000? No, three you know million? what they say on that first row pew. If you donate 10%, it's going straight to God's pocket and you're going to hell if not. <laughs> God needs that money from you. It's like a, it's like a Patreon. And also keep in mind that this amount was donated over a span of two and a half years. So <laughs> That he could have, he should have donated a little bit more if he was actually upholding. I like how we're like telling him what to do with his stolen money. (laughs) Yes, yes. Not return it. So basically, a judge ordered that he repay the company with interest. Awkward. How's he going to do that in jail? That's what I was about to say. I mean, I assume they're like seizing his assets, like the house in California and and things like that. They're selling. They're selling Suzanne on the black market. Yes. Now, honey, if you bend over, we can get one, oh, one God, kidney. No. <laughs> just, we just need one kidney. You got two. <laughs> it might hurt just a little bit. Just a little. White lady kidneys go a lot for a lot more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, as of 2018, Nancy had found a full time job as a legal assistant in a law firm with her glass off. Yes, she like like Amanda said, she got a prosthetic eye. Yeah. Uh, she had numerous reconstructive surgeries, so her face is mostly put back together. But like you said, there's no muscle in her eyelids. Yeah, so and she said it's really painful because yeah. she can't like blink, so the eye doesn't get like lubricated, so it yeah. gets stuck. And it's like she's in pain. She I think she lost her taste of scent, uh, smell. That's she a- lost her sense of taste and smell for the most part. And what else? She's in like pain. Like it's- well, I mentioned at the beginning she suffered from fibromyalgia as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like on top of all that, she's got to uh, woman suffered. fun of the victim, but she should just keep a bottle of Astroglide with her at all times. <laughs> I don't know if you should put Astroglide on your eyeball. It's a lubricated. <laughs> I feel like there's probably some instruction on the bottle that's like, hey, don't put this on your prosthetic eyeball. <laughs> 
I heard it's glass. <laughs> okay, but she's putting that into her body. Like there's, you there's... put it in your body anyway. That's close to her brain, though. <laughs> if you can't see it, but Britt's husband is like burying his face in his hands right now. <laughs> He's, he's like, I'm glad I signed those divorce papers on my phone on the this podcast. Yeah, like, I've already sent them to my lawyer. So before the trial, Nancy divorced Frank, which is good. But she had said, like, before everything that she would be willing to remarry him. And that fixed the, fixed the relationship if he had turned out to be innocent. Uh, I, I mean, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's look, still he still cheated on you for three years. You I know? get it, but there's couples that have been able to work through that, but yeah, you can maybe work through cheating or uh, uh, assassination <laughs> but no. thing, but not both. That's <laughs> <laughs> a step too far. And she had actually said that the most devastating part of everything was actually the infidelity and not being shot. What? Mm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I guess because all such a huge betrayal, like all of it. Yeah, honestly. And she's the nicest lady. Yeah. Like, it's not even like she's, like, this cold, frigid Texas woman. She seems like the kind of person who's, like, you'd go to her house and she'd make you, like, I don't know. Oatmeal like, raisin. Yeah, like, artisan snacks. Like, yes. not even, I mean, like, she'd have gushers if you wanted them, but she also <laughs> might, like, make them in the oven for you to make sure they're, I don't know. That's not how you make candy. <laughs> oh, oh, do you she know how to make have, gushers? She, yeah, It's, like, half petroleum and, like, nuts and bolts. She's using that astroglide. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Nancy. You seem like a wonderful lady. Don't put Astroglide in your eyeball. Please don't put any of this. <laughs> so, after the trial, Nancy now has come along to believe that Frank called the shots when it came to arranging the, arranging yeah, the murder was, for hire plot. However, she refers to the offending person as John, which is like his alter ego. I was ego. about to say, oh my god. And so... And then, the, like, the loving man that she had married as Frank. And so I think it's more to, like, compartmentalize, but also... Isn't that, like, that dude, uh, Sherlock and Holmes? No. <laughs> uh, do you mean Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah! Um, I was like, I don't think Sherlock Holmes had dissociative identity disorder. <laughs> but, um... But honestly, like, I, I feel bad for her because I have been in relationships not, like, this bad, but, like, yeah. ones where you have a hard time believing that this person you once loved could be so evil. So you are like, well, they changed or they became someone else. It's like, no, they probably had, like, George. <laughs> <laughs> That's your ice. My ice maker goes off it's making ice but i'm pretty sure it's haunted it's like haunted ice haunted ice like if you pour it in your water it's, and then like the water spicy. yeah it's like, it's it's spicy. like you, hear, you hear like if you put your ear close to the water you hear like demonic gregorian chants spicy, 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 spicy. that's actually a recording of actual water from my or ice. spicy ice spicy ice spicy ghost ice what am i talking about anyway yeah like so i get that where it's like sometimes you have to compartmentalize this person but i think he either he was a narcissist or a sociopath or yeah. what but like he you can be both you can be somebody who's like i'm loving and charming until you're no longer of service to me and then i can discard you like you're nothing which is what frank was able to do like my dad and then, <laughs> <laughs> make it awkward bringing your own personal trauma into this god um, i'm just trying to relate <laughs> and i i think too it bothers me because they were together for so long before that that and then he just decided okay well i'm not happy anymore and then he just if you tried to kill me after like five years together i'd get it but like after 30 <laughs> years fucking suck it up buddy we're, all, we're so close to death you're so close like just so let, close. let's just die just let it happen naturally they were only in their 50s 
that close to death. <laughs> so close to That's death. That's so close to death, Brianna. Okay. She, only she's 30. I mean. She's older than me, so. I'm only like 34. 33. Oh, I thought you were about to say 42. Oh. Wow. I'm gonna, get out of my house. Let's <laughs> finish this episode. <laughs> we're, we're almost at the end. So we, got, we got three more bullet points. <laughs> Um, Don't say bullet points. I'm triggered by that. <laughs> no, I'm I also tr- be triggered by that. <laughs> She's also triggered by the word triggered. Because yeah. she got shot. Shut up. <laughs> Stop saying my line. <laughs> my line. I earned that. I earned the catchphrase. <laughs> okay. She says that she has forgiven him and moved on. And she says she is excruciatingly happy. And I'm very happy for her. She deserves it. She actually told her side of the story in a book titled The Shooting of Nancy Howard, A Journey Back to Shore, written by Alice Matthews. And the reason why it's called that is because her maiden name is Shore. So Uh, Nancy Shore. She now goes by Nancy Shore, obviously. I feel bad because the reviews on Amazon were like, the Dateline episode had more information. Well, they were talking. You can only see she has one eye. She didn't write the book, though. (laughs) There were some. There were a lot of five star reviews, but there were a couple of like recent, like one or two star reviews that were basically like, it seems like it's mostly just like talk of her faith and her religion, and not necessarily about the story. That's how she copes. Right. Yeah. That's it. Matters to her. Yeah. You know, like, and she said, like, when she was shot, she said she heard God telling her to like get up, get off the floor. Like like, you're not done yet. You know, and like I, I believe people have experiences. So like, I don't want to make fun of what she, yeah, believes. But she also didn't write the book, so I guess I can make fun of it. Yeah. (laughs) To my knowledge, to this day, the daughters still believe that their dad is innocent. And because of that, the children are estranged from Nancy, but Nancy says that she understands why they feel that way because she raised them to respect their father. This was actually one of the quotes. So she said, quote, he was continually telling them that he was innocent, that he had nothing to do with this, and he was a great husband and father until the time he wasn't. So I can totally understand why my children believe this, unquote. She's like, I don't know how she manages to, like, forgive him and just be such a a good person after all that, like... I guess I guess that's part of that's faith, but the world may never know. It's true. I hope she gets everything. Yeah. I hope she like wins the lottery and gets like a sexy twenty-five-year-old boyfriend. I hope with a she much... doesn't win the lottery because if you go back to the Abraham oh, uh, God. Shakespeare. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope Someone... she wins a reasonable amount of money that nobody around her knows about, so she can have a private fortune, and she like falls in love with a guy. With a much bigger George than <laughs> a much bigger George than Frank ever had. Period. Period. Well, on that note, Adam Sandler, if you're listening, please join this podcast. So that was the case of the Hee Haw Gang. I'm sure there's so much more information out there. Check the articles in our sources, especially the D Magazine one, because that goes very in depth mm-hmm. into everything. We could not fit that all into this episode, but. Trust me, it's it's an interesting read. So go ahead and check that out. It's in our show notes. Thanks for listening. Do, do you thanks, have... Sailor Jupiter. Yes, thanks, Sailor Jupiter and Boruto and... No, only Sailor Jupiter. Okay. I have a name. No. Do the Sailor Jupiter voice. <laughs> Please. She makes people pay for that. Hi. Yeah. I'm, I'm Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> I'm the, the Sailor Guardian of Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> I'm very, very popular. What's that voice? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was looking at me like very confused. No, that's not that voice. She's a voice! I'm not your dancing monkey. <laughs> After we get off. Yes. Okay. 
So is there any upcoming projects that you have being released anytime soon you want to promo and plug? You can't promote nothing until you do the voice. <laughs> we ain't giving you any spotlight. Uh, no. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about some of the projects because, you, you know, oh, they're, yeah. like, they're like under NDA. So it's never that exciting. But what? <laughs> NDA. NDA means non-disclosure. I know. But you Ew. even. Gross. I don't like those. They silence me. <laughs> I feel like I can't express myself. <laughs> can't even talk about it. Let's make therapists. Yeah, I mean, you can watch uh, Boruto, Naruto Next Generations on Hulu and Crunchyroll. Also, check out Kid Cosmic on Netflix. It's a show by Craig McCracken, who's the creator of Powerpuff Girls, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Puzzles. It's really, it's, it's a fun show. Like, if you I like those bubbles. shows, yeah. I love Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I like bubbles. <laughs> I'm Whitney. I like bubbles. That's my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check those out. And I'm sure at some point the next season will be coming. And also I'm going to be really yeah, famous real coming? soon. <laughs> I did say coming. Oh, God. Uh, the next... Uh, yeah, I'm just... Basically, I'm just going to be really, really famous. And at, the next time you hear me, I'll be too famous to be on this podcast. So I guess you won't hear me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have, like, a gold-plated microphone. <laughs> well, she has social media, but she doesn't use it, so... I try to. I, I use it in my heart. <laughs> Amanda is not on social media. Well, not as active on social media. I am on social media, She's you bitch. She's on social media. She just doesn't really use I have a TikToks. Media. I have two TikToks. I have two Instagrams. I have a comedy one and a voice, voice acting one. Yes. My comedy one is... Uh, at Hey Amanda Celine, and then my, that's also my Instagram for my comedy stuff. But I haven't posted anything there yet. Yep. And then my uh, anime or voiceover one is the one that's uh, at Amanda C Miller VO. And then I'm on Twitter, but don't go on Twitter. Twitter's stupid. Agreed. We are on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Shockingly Wicked Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wicked Podcast One. We are on Facebook as a Facebook group. It is a private group. You just hit join. It'll automatically let you in. Just search up Shockingly Wicked Podcast and you'll be accepted. Uh, we are on TikTok at Shockingly Wicked. We post funny videos over there, little bloopers here and there, all that fun stuff. If you have case suggestions, send them to our Gmail account, which is shockinglywickedpodcast at gmail.com. Send me fan mail. Yes, send fan mail. Send uh, oh, to me. case, case <laughs> suggestions. No, <laughs> I don't want that. Don't send me nudes. Um, do send us case suggestions. <laughs> Only um, send nudes if you've committed a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can turn you in. We are also on YouTube, but we don't have a URL. So, so it's so shockingly wicked. Yes. At like ABCD3 apostrophe. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous i'm not even gonna bother so find us subscribe so we can get a url and that is everything thanks so much for listening bye bye, bye.